Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Terrence Wilson, lead pastor of Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Joanne Wilson. be seated. I've shouted out special people in my life um, throughout the years, but um, I want you guys to see a miracle. Mom, stand up. You all have been praying with our family for my mom's healing and as she's been going through uh, two surgeries, two surgeries. Um, And we're not all the way at the finish line, but you know what? I'm praising God in the middle of the miracle. And my God is not gonna stop in the middle. He's gonna take it all the way, amen? You are healed, mom. You are healed, fully healed in Jesus' name. Let's go. I'm believing that with everything in me. And God has shown me her full healing. He showed it to me already. And so I'm so grateful. I think it is a miracle that she is sitting here. Um, It was a scary thing. I've never really had to sit in hospital rooms with anyone I love for days after days after days. And man, God showed me that even in a hospital room, even in a hospital room, he can speak to you. And, and I'm so grateful that you're sitting right there because I missed seeing you. So, you know, today, um, again, all in. And we've been going through this whole uh, series. Um, it's actually a theme for the whole year, right? And man, Pastor Terrence, I mean, the level of teaching and speaking and preaching that he has been, the word that he's been giving us has been so clear, so direct, so powerful. Why don't we give it up for the word? Man, I don't know about you, but I've, I've learned so much. I've been challenged. I've been shaken in all the best ways. And um, I don't want you guys to come here week after week and, and just listen to these words. Because a lot of times when there's a lot of words being uh, said, a lot of times we tend to just graze over them and we get to be, we're excited in the moment, but then we don't take it through and apply the word that we've learned, amen? So I really want us to lean in and to not just hear the word, but let it process and do the word. That's the kind of church that we lead here. And um as we went throughout this, this series, we've been in Luke 9.51, and I just wanna go back through those. And then we're going to, um, we're gonna go into a new chapter or a new um, level in all of this. And so Luke 9.51 says, as time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. We're gonna skip down to Luke 9:57 through 62, and it says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. 
He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but do not go and proclaim the kingdom of God. But you proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Sounds reasonable, right? And Jesus said, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Man, I love all of this because it really lets you know that Jesus is very clear and he's letting you know the real before you follow him. And we've been really digging into all of those things. Um, in the first week, it was about reset. It was about our core values because in order for us to really go all in, we have to know what our values are all about. And our values ground us and our values let us know what's more important so that we can move forward with what's more important and make better decisions. Week two, the truth is that, 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 that word was so great and the theme of that was truth. We have to go in truth. We have to know the truth in order for us to go all in. And then week three, it was about getting our priorities straight. And all our edges were snatched back from that <laughs> message. Pastor T got us all the way right with that. And it was about Jesus first, period, the end. Jesus before everything. But, but, but I, I, I love my wife. I love my husband, Jesus first. Oh, those are my kids. Ain't nobody gonna look out for my kids. Jesus first. But my mom is, is in the hospital. I love you, mama, but Jesus first, right? Jesus first. It's all about our priorities. Week four to the end, this was about commitment. Going all in requires commitment, doesn't it? And so that was fabulous. And then this week, we're gonna be talking about... Um, well, the, the title is Among the Wolves, Among the Wolves. See, when you go all in and when you're ready, doesn't it always feel like it's always someone or something trying to knock you down or take you back? So this is going to be about that. For us to go, I love the video. It's so perfect. And um, I knew about the video, but I didn't see the final product and I didn't realize all of the words that were in there and how we heard go um, throughout it. And I believe that when, when we get a word like that and we keep hearing the same theme, I believe that God really wants us to hear it. So today we're gonna hear a lot about this idea of go, go. But we are celebrating our third birthday and I couldn't help but look up and, and try to really think about all the different meanings of three. And um, as we celebrate this third year, um, I wanted to think about that. See, the, the number three is used 467 times in the Bible. There are three persons of God. We know Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There are three fathers of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Ark of the Covenant had three objects, the gold jar of manna, Aaron's budded staff and the tablets with the commandments on them. Peter denied Jesus three times and Jesus was in the grave for three days and Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and Satan tempted Jesus three times in the wilderness. Three is the number of resurrection. In business, one out of five businesses don't make it to year three. 
three, once you get to year three, your business, your organization is considered established. In art and design, the rule of thirds is a general principle for, or a guideline for perfect composition. Three represents balance and completeness. We've completed the first chapter of Cool Church's story, and, and now we are entering into a new chapter. We are so thankful for where we've been and what God has done, but we can't stay in the same place. We're ready for more, and you know, I'm not just talking about buildings and new spaces to hold church. I'm talking about discipleship. Amen. Yeah. We're, ha we're ready for a new level in our commitment to this thing and to Christ. That's what All In is all about. And maybe, maybe you're like, you know, what's a disciple? Like, we've heard the word, but, you know, we are called to a new level in Christ through discipleship. A disciple has been shown to be someone who follows the teachings, the life, and the aim of Christ until the, the person becomes like Christ. That's all in. We're trying to become more like Christ. We aren't God. That's not what that's about. But we are trying to become more like Christ. And, and maybe you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that, that's, a little, that's a little much past the lady or lady pastor. <laughs> or whatever you would call me. I like the worship and, and, and the word here, and you know, that's enough. That's good, I, it gives me everything I need so that I could uh, uh, have a great week or whatever it is. Um, but my word for you is that we're not meant to stay in the same place. We're meant to grow. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16 says, no prolonged infancies among, among us, please. We'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are easy prey for predators. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath is blood flowing through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. My God, that's a good place to say amen. God wants us to grow. Isaiah 43, 19, see I'm doing a what? New thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We are meant to grow. If you've been at your job for years, doing a great job, killing it. Do you not expect to get a promotion? If you're in a relationship, a great relationship, year after year, don't you expect at some point you're gonna get married? If you're at school, working hard, crushing it, killing it, of course you're gonna graduate, right? We are meant to grow, we're not meant to stay in the same place, amen? For the past three years, we've been working and building this church together despite some of the most challenging times to sustain something like a new church. Can you imagine that, correct me if I'm wrong, we've, had, we've been in existence more in a pandemic state than we have not. But I love that in other situations things stopped, but we just kept going. Amen. Amen. We are thankful that we've made it this far, but I believe that we're ready for more. And I'm not just talking about buildings and spaces to have church. 
I love our team. We had a great team meeting. Um, we have those all the time um, this week. And part of it, we asked everybody to reflect on where they've been, their journey with Cool Church. And one of them said the greatest thing. And she said, the thing I love the most about this church is that we never stopped. Come on. We never stopped. We kept going despite all of the challenges. And some of you are familiar with some of those challenges and it wasn't just COVID and everything. Um, closed doors has probably been one of our biggest challenges, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we just kept going. We took no, we never took no for an answer. And I love that. And I wanna say to you right now, sometimes the difference between failure and success is not stopping. You gotta keep pushing. You can't allow your circumstances to dictate your pace. We didn't allow those things to derail our purpose. We know what we came to do and we were not gonna let anything or anyone stop us. At Cool Church, we are going to keep growing. Amen. We gonna keep applying pressure Amen. because the enemy is applying all types of pressure. But how many of y'all know we can apply more pressure? Amen? So among the wolves, among the wolves, here's where we're at. Luke 10, 1. And you know what you guys have? I hope all of you have the Cool Church app. If you don't have the Cool Church app, you can get the Cool Church app. I see y'all waving. There are notes in the Cool Church app. So as we go through this, and um, some of y'all will get your highlighters, your big, big old highlighters. One of y'all already got the big old highlighters. Um, but you can bring those to church and be highlighting in church. But today you can follow along in the notes. There's sermon notes and there's blank spaces. So I want you guys to lean in and be a part of this. So Luke 10, 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and set them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And verse 3, go, everybody say go. go. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. We're going to skip down to verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Amen. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you but rejoice that your names are written within heaven. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read that part again. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. At that time, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do and let God's people say, amen. So after these things, so this is, um, if 
few verses down from where we've been, and after all these things have happened, Jesus appointed the 72. See, Jesus knew that the time, his time was short before the crucifixion. So in other words, the crucifixion was about to happen. And um, there were still villages and, and people that did not know him. They did not know his message. They hadn't heard. Remember, Jesus came so that people would hear his, the good news and, and, and would, he would spread the word, the good word of the Lord. And so he knew that his time was short. He turned to this larger group of disciples because we all know about the 12, but there was a larger. He grew he expanded, right? So there was this larger group of his disciples that were his messengers to prepare these places ahead of him. So basically, he wanted to make sure that people were prepared to hear the word of God. Sometimes you need preparation before you can actually hear, right? Some of us can't hear because we aren't prepared. We're filling ourselves with all kinds of other stuff so that when we actually hear the word of God, we're like, huh? And so he needed to make sure that the way was prepared so that the people would hear. And this reminds us of there, that there was an actual larger group. I think a lot of us forget or we didn't know that there were more than 12 disciples as the ministry grew. And um, he appointed those 72s. And what did he want them to do? What were they supposed to do? Well, preparing the way, in preparing the way, he had asked them or appointed them to both do two things. One, heal and to preach. And to he and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Why was it important for them to heal people and preach? The healing was important because it showed that the kingdom of God came with power. Amen. With power, as everybody expected it would. Yet the power was evidenced in these acts of mercy, which mercy, sometimes you don't even know it's coming. So that wasn't expected. Say to them, the kingdom has come near to you, is what he said. This meant that the healing was part of their preaching, but as part of the preaching of healing the sick, they described what the kingdom was about um, from what Jesus had taught and shown them. So heal, sometimes you have to be healed or you have to give before anybody hears anything from you, right? But I love, what I love about Jesus sending out the 72 is that he tells them, He's like, I'm going, go, 72 of you, I, I, go, right? He says, go. But then he says, I'm sending you out into danger pretty much, right? It wasn't very convincing, wasn't very motivating for them, I'm pretty sure. And I'm pretty sure a lot of them were scared. Here's a side note. Some of y'all need to just go and do these things, even if you're scared. If you don't do it, just, just do it scared. You'll be fine. He said in verse 3, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. One thing about Jesus, we all know from reading these verses and this past three or four um, uh, messages, he's going to tell you the real deal. He's not sugarcoating anything. He wants you to know what you're getting into. And I love that because a lot of people will try to get you to do things that you maybe don't want to do or maybe that you want to do. And then they try to make it seem like it's all good. And then when you get there, don't you hate that? You get there, it's like, this is not what I expected. See, God lets us know. Jesus let us know about the real deal. He let us know ahead of time. This is what it's going to take to go all in. But he doesn't send them. He says he's sending them um, like lambs among wolves, but he doesn't send them without a strategy. 
Jesus likens us to sheep, and of course, he is the shepherd. Um, but because sheep are prey animals, they have to be very alert and focused on their shepherd, especially in predator territory. I believe in this time, in this uh, new chapter of Cool Church, we are entering into predator territory. And we all know the history of this place, but we already claim this place to be holy ground in the name of Jesus. I believe that we've completed the basic training years of this church, and now God is telling us to go. But like in every scenario, there will always be opposition when you're trying to grow. The wolves are prowling and waiting to devour us. And you know what we're doing, I told you, when we're occupying this space, this, this space right here, we have seen how communities and families and students have been ravaged by all types of evil things from violence and, 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 and just conflict. It's been something crazy. It's made the news. We've heard about all that. But what we're doing and this claim that we've made to this space for the kingdom of God, you know what it is? It's spiritually disruptive. Yeah. We... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are shifting things. God is shifting things in this place. And when you start to shift and sift things, what happens? Other things don't like that. That whoever was there before wreaking havoc doesn't like that. So we, as lambs, we have to realize where we are, but we have a strategy to win. Amen? To keep from de being devoured by the wolves prowling around us, we can follow Jesus' plan for the 72. His direct order was go. But then he paired the charge with a strategy to win. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I love Jesus' plan to grow the kingdom. And I think that we can follow it. And we will win if we follow it. So you want to hear it? Yeah, let's, go. let's go. The first is go together. Very simple. Go together. Verse 10, 1 says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them, what? Two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. We're in this together. That's what that's telling me. We are in this together. This is such a powerful strategy for us to take a hold of because we have to ask, why did Jesus send them out like that in pairs? And I believe it's because he knew that there is power in partnership. Yeah. Yeah. It's a practical thing too. For some of us, maybe this may sound like, well, I just got here. I know my man just got here. It's his first day and all of that. But I believe that all of this still applies to everyone, whether you've been here one day or you've been here for three years. So, and these are also things, I love the word of God, they apply to our lives, our everyday lives outside of church. Well, I don't believe outside of church, it's all a part of it, right? Jesus should be in every part of your life. But all of this, I want you to hear this strategy and apply it to every aspect of your life, amen? It's even practical in a non-church setting for you to do things together. There is partners, there's power in partnership. Something becomes established with two witnesses. In order to establish the way before Jesus, he sent them out in pairs. They had double the power, double the strength, double the resources. The plan provided courage, companionship, accountability, accountability, accountability. 
We all need that. And credibility on the part of those delivering the message. And it also afforded protection. My, 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 how that is so practical. Protection for the messengers from both physical and moral threat. And you know what all these things are great for? They're great for growth. They're great for growth. So in essence, partnership equals growth. We can do more together. And we have seen that in our history here as a church. Jesus knew that his time was short before the crucifixion and that there were still many villages that had not yet heard the message. He turned to this larger group to get the message further and faster. He did this to prepare the way. In 2020, the power of togetherness is still effective. Let me tell you, doing things by yourself is not always the most effective way to grow. If your answer is always, I'll do it, then you are missing the, the blessing and the gift of, doing, of working with others. You can get farther, a lot farther with more people. We started this church on this principle. Terrence and I set out on this mission. It wasn't just Terrence that went to plant Cool Church. It was the both of us that planted this church. And through that, we were able to grow with God, right? And then the family started to come and all of you started to come and together we all have been building this church, but we got farther because we did it together. As a parent, you know, one of my greatest, I think, strengths is the fact that I'm not doing it alone. And I want to shout out all of the single parents out there. Man, y'all are strong. Come on. I don't know. I would have made it. I would have been in jail trying to do this. on. Thank God for Terrence. He's like, yeah. So one of my greatest strengths had been not doing it alone. Um, parenthood, I believe, in my experience so far, has been about being several steps ahead of my child. Because I'm telling you, these kids are something else. <laughs> so I have an 11-year-old. She's going to be 12 this month. I love her to death. And she is funny. She does all kinds of stuff. She's so sweet. She's so smart. Every once in a while, she forgets that her mama's crazy. And um, yeah, sometimes I got to remind her. Put these paws on her. But um, so she's tried so many times to pull the wool over our eyes. Yeah, we got a lot of sheep references today, right? And so one day, I, you know, she's walking around the kitchen, and she's kind of looking all pitiful and moping and this and that. It was like a Saturday or something. And I was like, I felt bad for her. I was like, dang, she's bored. Like, okay, let me let her do something fun. I was like, okay, you can play, on your, you could play your games on your computer, right? Because I be monitoring. I keep that, I keep that computer on, under lock and key. Like, if I ain't watching, she can't be on it. Listen. Y'all better watch your kids, these computers, them wolves be all up in them laptops and phones. Side note. Um, so yeah, so, so I said, okay, you can go and play your game. Why don't you go and play your game? And she was all hyped. She was like, oh snap, I love my mama. My mama's so cool. My daddy on the other hand, no, nah, just kidding. 
So she's on her laptop, like, yeah, yeah, boop, 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 boop. Dude, that's all, that's like the, the noises the little characters make, right? So, um, so yeah, so she's playing, she's having a good old time, and then, and then Terrence walks in, and he does one of these. And he's looking over at the, at the, um, the dishes, the sink, full of dishes. And he looking at the, like the dishes, and then he looking at her playing and carrying on. And I'm right there too, and I'm like, you know, Terrence is so funny. The older he's got, he always, he's always doing this. Like, whether it's like grass that he's looking at or, you know, he stands in front of the house like, yes, look what I've built. I don't know, like this, what's up with that, Terrence? Like, So yeah, so he's standing in the kitchen like, what in? And he's, before he can even get the words out, here go Vava, mom said. And I was like, oh snap, you see these kids be trying you, savage. I had your back in a night. Listen, once we got together though, here we go. Once we got together though, once we were in the same place, so Terrence is here, I'm there. So now she's gotta be accountable to what he said because before I allowed her to play them games, Pastor Terrence had told them, sounds weird saying pastor, but you are my pastor too. <laughs> you my pat. Um, <laughs> stop, I'm so. Right before he, he had done this and before I let her play the game, he told her that she had to do her chores. I mean, and it wasn't that serious. It's like do the dishes, but in 2022, it's not really do the dishes, it's load the dishwasher. Like, it's not that serious. And so I was like, well, I only let you play because you weren't doing anything. You should have been doing the dishes like you were told. But it's funny because once we were both present, she couldn't continue to lie. She couldn't continue, well she ain't really lie, she just ain't really say nothing, but she couldn't continue the trickery and the foolery and all of that stuff, right? See, even in this everyday simple scenario in parenting, you can see the power of two and togetherness. Because she had to be accountable when we were both there. She couldn't, she couldn't, you know, come up with another story or anything else. She knew what she was told and the witness was in front of her. The power of together means when the wolves, these can be false prophets, Pharisees, haters, people that try to hold you back, people that are coming to confuse things and stir the pot, the gossipers, the people who actually mean to harm you. When they come for us, we can rebuke them back to the pits of hell where they came from, right? If we aren't sharp and on assignment, these wolves will come to divide your house and the house. Yeah. Amen? Therefore, there are a lot of people, some of y'all know, some of you don't, there are a lot of people that tried it in this house. There are a lot of people that tried to stir the pot and try to divide uh, uh, teams and things like that, but oh, no, 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 no. We will nip that in the bud, and we did nip that in the bud, like right at the beginning. When we move in unity and strength, we cannot fail. Our power is exponentially stronger and greater when we do things together. Amen. We got to move together. We have to resist the temptation to go alone because the enemy wants to isolate you so that he can devour you. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to this at the heart of the battle. This is 1 Peter 5, 8. 
At the heart of the battle we face every day is a real enemy who prowls around seeking for someone, everyone say someone, to devour. It doesn't say looking for groups of people. You hear it? You get it? It doesn't say looking for people and pairs. It says someone. When we are isolated and we try to do things alone, what happens is we, come, we become more susceptible to, the, to the, the plan of the enemy. The wolves are waiting. The enemy is waiting for us to get by ourselves, to get in our own little hole, to get into our, our own little space so that he can devour us. To overcome the wolves, we got to go together. Amen. And on another note, I think it's really important for us to not get into this space where we're like, oh, it's just me and God. I ain't going to that church thing. It's me and God, you know, and ain't nothing wrong with having moments with God, but you can't do life alone by yourself. You can't do that because what happens? The enemy is waiting for you. He's waiting for somebody to devour, somebody to, to confuse, somebody to get off course. Amen. The power of together. The other thing is we have to know going you're valued. So go knowing you're valued. Verse two, he told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. See, there's a lot of work to do in the kingdom, amen? Oh, there is a lot. You're never gonna be bored doing God's work, but I believe that there is yet another message here. The message is you are valued. The workers are few. Few means rare, special, valued. And valued means precious, worthy, useful, cherished, helpful, loved, appreciated. You're an asset. You're an asset to the kingdom. And when you know you're valued, no one can tell you who you are. See, the wolves will try and devalue. What do people do when they try to get at you? They cut you down, don't they? They devalue you. So the wolves will try to devalue you so that they can devour you because it's hard to destroy somebody that knows their value. And here's the thing. The wolves wouldn't pray if you weren't valuable in the first place. So the prayer for you is not, oh, Lord, I don't want the wolves to come. Let no enemy come for me, but rather give me strength to overcome the enemy. Be specific in your prayers. The wolves are coming and they're here. Why? Because we're valued. Too many of us are walking around here with imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. You know what it is? It's loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. But as it relates to believers, imposter syndrome is when we feel like we're unqualified to share the word or even do something as simple as inviting somebody to church. See, God didn't call you to save anyone. I think we need to get that out of here. You're not called to save anyone. That's his job. But you are called to share. That's not the job of, of, of the person with the microphone, but it's each and every one of us. And why wouldn't we want to share the goodness of God? Yeah. Doubt and fear of being rejected is exactly where the enemy wants us because it means that we'll stay silent. Most of the time, a lot of us, we, we don't want to witness because we're more scared of men than we are of God. Yeah. 
But we have to realize that our silence may actually be us uh, uh, denouncing and not claiming Christ in our life. We can actually deny Christ by refusing to share the gospel or to share our testimony. We are sometimes more concerned about our being rejected or ridiculed than we are about the eternal state of someone's soul. Jesus says the solution is for us to pray for more laborers because we also, we know the harvest is so huge, but we also need to enter into the laborers. It's not just pray for more laborers, get in, do the work too, and pray for more to get in. Practically, we cannot be afraid to witness to anyone because you know what witnessing means? Because sometimes I'm like, witness? Like, what is that? Why, why we got to witness? It, all it means is to testify. And to testify, what has God done for you? You don't necessarily need to know all every scripture in the Bible. You don't have to preach, but just tell your testimony. But imposter syndrome will have us saying things like, I'm I'm not a preacher. I don't know all the verses in the Bible and, 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 and I don't know how to speak in public and do all of that. But that, that, that mentality is music to the enemy's ears because it means that you're staying silent. Not knowing every scripture in the Bible does not disqualify you from testifying. You are qualified to testify. Don't let anyone diminish what God has done in your life. Has God not been good? Has God not been faithful? Is God not always there? Doesn't he go before you? Doesn't, you, doesn't he always love you? He shows you who he is. He knows where you are. He knows how you're feeling. He's close to the brokenhearted. Talk about that. What has God done in your life? You are qualified to testify. Go knowing your value. And then we also want to go focused. Verse four, do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. You see, the 72 were on a mission. Jesus instructed them not to take baggage or or extra weight because they couldn't afford to be slowed down in their mission. The distractions of stuff would slow down the mission. Side note. Some of us are carrying too many things, and, some of us, and because we're carrying too many things, we can't get anywhere. Can't get anywhere in life. It's time for us to purge. You need to purge and lighten your load because if you make room for the mission, you might actually get somewhere. Maybe you're stuck. Why don't you evaluate all the stuff that you're trying to take with you? The people, the ways, the systems that are too old for the new place that you're going. The thoughts, the, 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 the clients even, if you're in, in business. Some things require you to purge, to let go, let go. That video said let go in order for you to go. And it says do not greet anyone on the road. As I read that thought, I thought, man, why, is, why did Jesus tell them not to greet anyone? I mean, we're Christian. We say hi to people, right? There ain't nothing wrong with that. But on this mission, he needed them focused. 
And in that time, I, you know, in that time, in that region, many theologians really attributed this particular piece of the direction to the culture. See, in that place um, where they were, um, it, wasn't a, it wasn't the kind of place where you could just wave and keep it moving. These people in the culture, you know, they had very long greetings. Some of them even fell prostrate on their faces as a way to greet in this region. But the greeting would take too much time. And also because they, they, you know, not just the initial greeting, but even after all the formalities in the culture of the greeting, again, it's, it's not just a simple handshake, it's prostrate. It might be, they might do the running man. It's a, you know, it's like people like that. So they, the, the process was long to greet people. And, um, and it even involved, they, they would ask questions like about their family. How's your mama doing? How's this? How's that? And so all of that took time. And in essence, it wasted time. Why? Because the mission was more important than a greeting. They were focused. And so the other thing is that with people, even in our lives right now, even the most well-intentioned Christian in your life, Sometimes they can insert their unsolicited opinions in your plans. God told you to do something and you're on assignment. Sometimes you can't discuss God's plans with all people. Because I don't know about you, but I know I've discussed some things where I might have I shared something, you know, that God told me to do. And that one conversation with that one person, maybe it was a doubting word that they gave or something, their insecurity with their own purpose kind of became my insecurity. See, the problem with sharing, oversharing things that you're not meant to share is that you may, you may doubt the calling that God gave you in the first place. Can't discuss God's plan for you with everybody else. We got to stop looking for validation from people. Yeah, yeah when God has already given us permission to go. Traveling light, most importantly, kept them dependent on Jesus. Being dependent on Jesus and staying dependent on Jesus is the best place for us to be. As a woman, I've prided myself in being an independent woman. Like, I mean, I, I make my own money, I do things, but so, so, so the, the thought of depending on somebody may actually make some of us cringe, but Jesus isn't saying be dependent on somebody, he's saying be dependent on me. And he is the way, the truth, and the light. He is everything. This is not only a directive that he's given us, traveling light, leave the sandals, don't bring the bag, but I believe it's an invitation. Traveling without these necessity would mean that they would have to be dependent on Jesus. And when you depend on someone for all your needs, what do you do? You stay close to them. So what was Jesus saying? Stay close to me. You don't need other things. All you need is me to win on this mission. It also meant that they couldn't give credit to anything else but Jesus for the win. They couldn't credit their resource. They couldn't credit uh, um, uh, whoever was in a high place. They couldn't credit anybody but Jesus. And as we embark on this new chapter as a church, we got to stay more focused than ever on the mission. Our mission is to build strong families, to build strong future. But in order 
for us to do that, we must ensure that everybody and all people, especially in the city that we've been assigned to speak to and to grow in, we have to make sure that they all know God. Amen. Period. The end. We can't win the mission. The mission is impossible without God. We got to stay focused. Lastly, we got to go humble. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Isn't that funny? They're like, they're all celebrating and everything. They're like, ooh, we won. We went into enemy, enemy territory and even the demons were falling and we, we, we overcame them. We're the bomb and all that. And then Jesus, he's like, I saw Satan falling from heaven. I've given you the authority to trample on snakes and, and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I love that. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Ooh, that is so powerful. In remembering the fall of Satan, Jesus is warning them against pride. After all, if Satan can fall from fall like lightning from his place of high spiritual status and privilege because he was the chief of angels, so could they. If he could fall, so could they. In the most holy work, there always lurks the danger of feeling or celebrating self, yeah. the glorification of self. It might be saying that it might be that Jesus was saying to the 70 that to the 72 that, you know what, you had your triumph, but keep yourselves from pride because there was a time when the chief of all the angels fell to pride and he was banished from heaven. See, Jesus knew that the 72 would succeed. Why? He gave them the power and the authority to win. So he already knew that they were going to win. And. Even when things, if anything went awry, if anything happened, remember it said that he was going to the same place that they were. They went ahead of him, but he was going to go to those same places. So what does that mean? Even if anything didn't happen uh, or they, they ended up falling in, into any trouble, he wasn't too far behind. So basically, they were always set up to win. They were going to win no matter what. He understood that, yes, they were excited about their effectiveness against evil, and he was happy that they were excited, but he warned them not to get pride, prideful. See, we are going to grow. We have grown, and we're going to keep growing, and we're going to see this city one to Jesus. Amen? Amen? We are anointed, and we are prepared to go, but we must remain humble. We can't forget that the success of this church is not because of any one of us being so great. We win because God is great. Amen. When the wolves of pride prowl among us, we have the power to rebuke it in Jesus' name. Amen. We need to rebuke pride the minute it shows its ugly face. Pride says, I can do it all by myself, but it's not about any one of us getting the glory. The glory belongs to one and that's God we can't do any of this without God it is him who gives us power and authority it is him who lets us do what we're doing it is he who deserves all the glory we have to go together in unity with pride set aside I love this 
I read this. I don't know who the author is, but I love this. It says, pride bars from heaven. Humility is the passport to the presence of God. So if we want God to always be with us in this house, our hearts have to remain humble. Humility is where he wants us. Humility is where he meets us. So let our hearts always be humble amongst ourselves, in the house, in your house, in your workplace, wherever you are. A humble heart means Jesus can meet you where you are. Amen. Amen. Jesus went on to warn his disciples against pride and overconfidence. And it was true that they were all given power, but their greatest glory was that their names were written in heaven. Amen. Some people get, yeah, I don't know, emotionally intoxicated when God uses them in such a powerful way. Oh, I, I was able to drive this spirit out of this person or, oh my God, I touched somebody and he was healed and, and that was so great and I prayed and it happened and they get so emotionally intoxicated by the display of God's power through their service. But, and God wants to caution us from being arrogant in our celebration of those things and being impressed with those things because yes, they're great, but nothing is greater than salvation. Amen. Names being written in heaven. That will always be, that will always be the greatest miracle. It's good for us to be moderate and joy and joyful about our success, but we will never allow pride to prowl among us. See, we can be among the wolves and overcome them when we do what? We go together, we go knowing we're valued, we go focused, and we go humble. Yeah. Terrence, come on up. Look at him looking all good with your leather pants. See, earlier, Pastor Terrence shared some great news, right? This, this news of, of, of uh, a second space for us. And um, we've had challenges and we prayed a lot. And I love the response of the family, all of us here at that news. But let us never be the church that thinks that the answered prayer, the building is the miracle. We see miracles every single week here. Every time someone says yes to Jesus, yeah, yeah. despite all of the attempts of the enemy to take them out, yeah, yeah. despite all of the voices telling them they're crazy, despite all of the haters even in their house telling them that that church stuff is, is, is stupid, despite all of the attacks, whether it's physically, emotionally, in their health, they still, all those things happen despite the fact that their bank account might be at zero, they might have lost their job, they might have gotten a terrible doctor's report. All these different scenarios are happening in the lives of people, and yet they still say yes. That's a miracle. That's a miracle, and we get to see. Come on. I pray that we keep the same energy for the miracle of salvation than any other miracle, amen? And that's what God was talking about. 
I love you and I'm always proud of you. And you're so built to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that I don't go alone. That you've gone every step of the way with me. And I'm so thankful that through it all, because you kept me accountable, we can stay humble. Because we know that God is the one that has done this work. And in all the miracles that God will ever do, none will be greater than the miracle of salvation. Amen. There might be a person out there today that you're getting tense in your seat even as we talk about salvation. Because you're probably thinking, man, is this one of those churches where they made me come down to the altar, man? Yeah. You gotta go. You, wanna, you want life to keep being the same way that it was? Then do the same thing you did before you walked in here. You want it to be different? You got to go. You got to go all in. And you say, man, I'm scared. I'm scared, to be a sh I'm scared to be a sheep among the wolves. That's not a fun message. That's not an easy thing to do. Pastor, you I got I to gotta walk out these doors and I got I to gotta make myself pray for a predator? I got to make myself a sheep to live amongst the wolves? You know why I'm not scared to be a sheep amongst the wolves? Because Jesus is the lamb. And he went first. This is the beauty of being all in, I told you. Jesus will never ask you to do something he has not first done himself. He was the lamb that went to the slaughter. He's not asking us to be sheep to get devoured by the wolf. She already said it. We already won. Yeah. He's not asking us to die for him. He's asking us to live for him. Jesus went first. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He took away your sin. He took away my sin. All we have to do is be sheep that are willing to receive what the lamb has already done. With every head bowed, every eye closed in this place I'm watching online today. You don't have to be the same way that you were. You don't have to walk in fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You don't have to worry about the wolves. They're there. But not only, was the, not only was Jesus the sheep, not only was he the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, he is the good shepherd. And the sheep know his voice. He's calling some people in this room today. He's been calling you your entire life. He's calling some people that are watching online today. He's been calling you your entire life. Will you come to him knowing that he's already won? the battle. He's already got the victory. He wants to know, do you trust him? Do you trust him with your life? If you're out there today and you say, man, I'm ready to be a sheep among the wolves because I know, I know that the good shepherd has my back. I know that the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, he went before me and he would never ask me to do something. He hasn't done himself. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior or Maybe you have in the past and you've been running for a long time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Time to come home. Time to come home. I don't know who this is for, but in a room this large with this many people, I refuse to believe there's not one that needs Jesus. And that's why we do this. 
for the one. I don't make, listen, I'll never make an ego call. I'll always make an altar call. Pride comes before the fall. I don't care if it's one person up here or 100. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm more concerned about the one that needs it the most. We came here to build strong families and build strong futures, not just families on earth. We came to build the kingdom of God, the family of heaven. And on this third birthday, it could be your birthday because it could be the day that God has given you new life in Jesus Christ. On the count of three, if you want Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you've never done it or you've done it before, but you've been running for a long time. It's time to come home. On the count of three, don't look at what your neighbor's doing. They can't take your place in heaven. Don't think about what people are doing. Just think about you and Jesus. On the count of three, you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Here on online, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see. Hold it up. I see you and you and you and you and you and you. If your hands up, stand up. Don't be shy now. If your hands up, stand up. Yeah, yeah. Woo! You bold. I like that. You bold. You already did the hard part. Come down here. Let's pray. I told you this is one of those churches. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you said, "Man, they going. I could go too." Come. Come. Come now. You know the beautiful part about family? You really don't have to do anything alone. So if you're out there right now, look at your family member and say, hey, if you want to go down, if you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, grab them by the hand and walk them down here. I just want to pray with them. Come on. Yes, I knew it. Huh? Yep, I knew it. Uh-huh. There's always more. Come on. Don't be scared. It's a family thing. That's what I'm talking about. Wherever you will come, take me deep Hallelujah. Never too late. I love it. I see you, sis. I see you. Praise God. You know why we do this? For an opportunity. A favorable time for the attainment of the goal. That is the denotation of the word opportunity. Do you know that God's been waiting your whole life for this opportunity? Your entire life brought you to this point, to this day, to this decision. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, he was raised from the dead, you're saved. You don't have to know every Bible's wife just told you. You don't have to know how to preach to preach. You know what you preach? Your testimony. Your life can change somebody else's life. But you got to be willing to go and tell people about Jesus. But today you've made the best decision because you say, I ain't worrying about what everybody else doing. I'm getting Jesus for myself. If you're online or you're in this building, 
If you're online, reach your hands towards the screen. If you're in this building, reach your hands towards these folks down here. Man, this is your family. Oh, I'm so proud of y'all today. If you're down here at this altar, say it's, but I'm here. Maybe reach your hands up towards heaven. You say, why? Surrender, all in. No more halfway. Some of y'all, this is not the first time you've done this. No more halfway. There was a song back in the days, back in the 90s, and it said, ain't no half-stepping. Mm-mm. No half-stepping. We going all in. We going all the way. I want everybody in this room and online to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, dear Jesus I've, sinned. I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, not proud of but, it. I admit it. but I admit it. Today, Today. I, lay my sin down. I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. Take it, I, pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness, to take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family today. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm all in. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Y'all. Look behind you. You see those people behind you? Look, that's your family. You got uncles, aunties, brothers, sisters, cousins. Wave at them, family. Let them know. Look, now look at that sign. You see that? It says, welcome to the family. You got a tube for me? Y'all going to step outside in a second, and we're going to get you one of these. It's a fam tube. There's a Bible in here. There's a letter from me and Pastor Joe in here. There's a bunch of cool stuff. It's our gift to you, but also... I don't like when people make a, a decision for salvation and we don't take the proper time to explain if people have questions. If you have questions, there's people out there that can answer your questions that have been down this journey before. If you need prayer, there's people out there that can pray with you, but I wanna make sure you get this special gift. The count of three though, we're gonna cheer for you louder than you've ever heard in your life. You say, why? I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but there's a celebration in heaven right now. The angels are breakdancing. The Sunday service choir is killing it. The heavenly hosts are applauding you for the decision you made today. I can't show you, but I can help you hear what it sounds like. So on the count of three, they gonna clap online. Start hitting those hearts, hitting those likes. When they cheer, y'all gonna walk that way. You ready? If you agree with me, just go like this. Yeah, here we go. One, two, three. Let them know. Loves them. Let them know they're favored. Let them know they're special. Let them know they're God's children. Let them know they're sons and daughters. We gonna always celebrate salvation and cool church because it's the greatest miracle that God can ever perform. Come on. Without water, let me walk upon the water. Worship him in his place today. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.